0: Welcome to the Moonlight of Imuna, Parsha's Mishpatim. This week's learning, of Fur Shlema, Bas Rochel, Henya Bas Freidel, Menachem Mordechai Ben Ophira, Rivka Bas and Michachaim Ben Sara. So let's be honest, this week's Parsha is a bit of a downer. It's a bit of a letdown. Last week we had the amazingly exalted moment of Matan Teira. Hashem came down upon the mountain to give us the Teira. There was a huge production of thunder, lightning, we heard the first two dibras directly from Hashem. We were so moved that our neshamas left us and we had to be brought back to life. It was the high moment of our national experience. This was, this was it. The, the entire purpose of Kal Yisrael. Tremendous inspiration. Tremendous unity. We stood at the foot of the mountain. Like one man with one heart for the next Parsha, if any of us were trying to pick, like, what would be the next topic? Okay, we finished Parsha Yisrael, we're now going to Parsha Mishpat, then what's the next topic? So we would have picked, we would have chosen some lofty ideals, maybe the Parsha of of Kriya Shema, Right? About, about, Shema Yisrael HaShem LeKinu HaShem Echad, or or maybe we would have said V'Yahavta L'Rech Kamocha, which Rabbi Kiva taught, tells us is Kal Gadol B'Torah. Maybe some Shiurim on Emun and or maybe the Halachas of Shabbos, we know how in, integral Shabbos is to the Jewish people, but something to match the high levels we just experienced. Instead, the Torah takes us like right into the gutter. The lowest situations known to man, the lowest places, a thief who sold into slavery, a man who sells his daughter, murder, or helping an enemy, right, with with loading and unloading his donkey, which means I have enemies, people who steal cattle, a seducer, bestiality, these are the lowest possible ideas, the lowest possible people. Why does the Torah go directly from Yisro into such low negative things? So we spoke about this in past years, and if you want, you can check out, I'll do a little cross-plug, you can check out this week's Light of Emuna for additional perspective on why this is and why the Torah went to such low places instead of dealing with more elevated topics. But for this year, I want to take a look at one or two of the topics, one or two of these quote-unquote low topics, and see if we can see some lofty ideas hidden within these dregs of life. So in the beginning of the parish of pasuk, Hey, the pasuk says like this, we're talking about a slave. He was he was a thief, he was sold into slavery, and now six years has gone by and it's time for him to leave. But he doesn't want to leave. He was given a wife by his master's home and he has children. He says, Vim if the if the slave declares, he, he pronounces, I love my master, as Ishti, my wife, wife as my children, I don't want to go free. So this seems to be a very degraded person he stole he was a slave for six years and now he's finally being set free and he's so far gone that he doesn't even want freedom he's like lost every concept of being a free person of being somebody to be a a contributing member of society he's lost all of that feeling so what's the lofty ideal in this so the lev simcha of ger the ger rebbe the father of today's ger rebbe says in the name of the svas emes in the name of his grandfather he says that really this posse, yeah, of course the pasuk is dealing with the halachas of the evet Ivri, but really there's a message here, as we always mention, there's a message in every word of Torah, even though we don't have the, the halachas of Evid Ivri today, we don't, have, we don't use these halachas, but there's a message for every one of us. He says that the Evid Ivri is really every single Jew. And read in that context, the pasuk reads as follows. If the Jew says Yoimer, it's a double lush, he says, he declares, he proclaims. Ahafti es adoni" in the Pasuk means I love my master, but we can read it Ahafti S Hashem, Alif Dalad Nun Yud could also be Hashem's name. If a Jew declares, if a Jew proclaims I love Hashem, right, means the double lush of "aymer Yoimer means he constantly does it in every generation, every day, and no matter what he's busy with. He proclaims, I love Hashem. Whatever uh, mundane, materialistic, physical matters I'm I'm involved with, I I don't even remember what it's like to be free, but I proclaim, I love Hashem, even when we're engaged in physical and material pursuits, things that are relevant to this world. As Ishti, vesbonai, my wife, my children, making a parnas for my children, uh, doing homework with my kids, uh, making sure that I brought them presents, whatever it is, the things of this world, right, our obligations in this world are primarily to as ishti, vesbonai, I have to take care of my wife and my children. But if I do all that with... I have to do that with a hafti es Hashem. He says, says, says this, this is the, what the, the Pasuk, with the second Pasuk we say every day in Shema. You, you shall love Hashem, your God, with your heart and your soul, which we get, and then with all your resources, with all your money. What does that mean? That even when we're engaged in physical things, it has to, in b'chol mi'ay things, in the things that are my resources, my bank account, my business, all these things, we still have to fill, fulfill it via haftu es Hashem You have to love Hashem your God. I'll never leave this. Back to our first Pesach. I'll never be free of this. I love Hashem so much in everything I do. Even though there are moments I have to close my Svarm, I have to close the Gemara. I can't be involved with mitzvahs right now as I'd like to be. I have to go to work. I have to go shopping. I have to do things in this world. But I'm never free of the idea of a hafti es, es Hashem. I love Hashem. That's one topic. So you see we take a, a low topic of, of, of the Ebed Ivri. This is the way that Tzadik looks at it and sees that, that, that there's, there's such a beautiful message in there for every single Jew. The next topic is the topic of the person who he sees his enemy, whose animal is being crushed under its burden it's his animals being crushed and he has to help them, right? So the Pesach says, If you see the uh, donkey of your enemy crouching under its burden, would you refrain from helping him? Azev Ima. You should certainly, you should repeatedly, double lush and tomorrow has many drushes in Azev Taze. You have to help him repeatedly. But you have to help him. You have to help his him with, with this burden. So again, this seems like a lowly thing. We're talking about people that I hate. What's what's hating? So first the mission in Bab Mitsia and Daflamid Beis tells us. That, it, that your obligation to help this person is only if he's going to roll up his sleeves and help as well. The Mishnah tells us, So he says, the owner is sitting there, and he says to the person walking by, to his enemy, since you have a Mitzvah to unload, to help, so unload the burden, and if not, uh, don't, but uh, it's your Mitzvah. So you say, so the Mishnah says, you're Pater. Why? Because in the our Ima'i. That it says in the passage, you have to help him. And then the Mishnah learns from there also. But if he is old or sick and he can't help, so then you have to do it for him. So there's a, there's a very specific halakhi here. That I only have to help this person with his with his loading and unloading his donkey if he's going to work with me. I don't have to do it for him. Okay, that's one thing. Then there's a Gemara in Pesachim. The Gemara in Pesachim daf Kuf Yud Gimel. The Gemara says over there, Am of Shmuel by Yitzchak, Rav, Rav Shmuel by Yitzchak, son of You're allowed to, you're allowed to hate somebody. There, the Gemara is talking about a case that you're allowed to ha- hate somebody. Why you're allowed to hate him? So the Gemara says here, yeah, how do you know that you're allowed to hate somebody? Shnemar Kesarah, Amar senach, Tachas Masai. Right. So the Gemara says that you, from our pasuk, it says in the pasuk that if you see your, the, 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 the person you hate, you see his donkey crouching under its burden. So the Gemara says Says, what does it mean by hating him? So the Gemara asks over there. Let's say it, it, it's a guy, but the Gemara says no. It has to be talking about a Jew that you hate him. So why do you hate him? And the Gamar the Pusik seems to say that you can hate him. So the Gemara says that you're are you talking about. You're talking about. Uh, um, the Gemara asks, are a lot of hate a Jew, you're not a lot hate, him. he says so it's talking about where you saw him do an Avera so the Gemara asks, then everybody should hate him why this? Why, why are you the one who hates him, so the Gemara says, you saw him do something that wasn't okay, but it's not the type of thing that you're able to that you're able to prove in court, w- the Gemara deals with this, and the Gemara there has an opinion that says that even it's a mitzvah to hate him, right, so we're talking about somebody that you can hate, so let's just uh, these two Gemaras, that I only have to Help him if he if he's contributing, and also that there's such a concept of hating him. So I saw these two uh, beautiful ideas. The first one is from Rabbi Sachs, Rabbi Sachs in his book Covenant and Conversation. He says like this. He says that there's there's a there's a very important idea here, which is based on the first Gemara, which is that. You have to only help somebody who's willing to help himself. A person has to be take, take responsibility. If a person refuses to take responsibility for his own life, right? Here he has, he has his animal. The animal is overburdened. It, ne- it needs to be unloaded, right? But he refuses to help himself, then we don't have to come to his aid. We don't have to help him. To read his words, he says, On the contrary, we may make it worse by allowing him to escape responsibility. We become, in the language of addiction therapy, codependent. We reinforce the very same problem we're trying to help solve by allowing the individual to believe that there'll always be someone else to do what is morally necessary. We create, he quotes psychologist Martin Seligman, learned helplessness, right? In other words, it might be a a good thing for us to help people who refuse to help themselves, but we might be doing more harm than good, right? The Torah is telling us, that when we we have to we have to take in the, the entire context. We always want to, you know, our in, our inclination as Jews is to help somebody. We want to help, want to help, but we have to look at the big picture. It's not always a good idea to hate to to help somebody if they're refusing to help themselves. We might be making the matter worse. There's a uh, excerpt that I want to read also from Rabbi Aaron Lichtenstein. He writes this story about the second part about the question of whether you're allowed to hate a Jew or not allowed to hate a Jew. He says like this. I'm gonna I'll read it to you because it's a story. It's very short. A couple of years after we moved to Yerushalayim, I was once walking with my family in the base neighborhood where Yisrael Zalman Meltzer used to live. For the most part, it consists of narrow alleys. We came to a corner and found the merchant stuck there with his car. The question came up as to how to help him. It was clear. It was a clear case of pricootina. This this pasuk that we're talking about, helping somebody load or unload his burden. There were some youngsters there from the neighborhood who, judging by their looks, were probably ten or eleven years old. They saw that this merchant was not wearing a kippah. so they began a whole pilpel. They started to to talk out the question and learning based on the gemara and Pesachim that we just quoted, and whether they should help him or not. They said if he walks around bare about bareheaded, presumably he doesn't separate trumus or mastras, so he's suspect of eating and selling. Untithed produce, and therefore we should, we don't know if we should help him. Says Rabbi Lichtenstein, I wrote Rav a letter at the time and told him of the incident. I ended with the comment: Children of the same age from our camp would not have known the Gemara, but they would have helped him. My feeling then was: Why, Rebbeinu Shlomo, must this be our choice? Can't we find children who would have helped him and still know the Gemara? Do we have to choose? I hope not, I believe not, if forced to choose, however, I would have no doubts where my loyalties lie. I prefer that they load no less Gamara, but help him he 's pointing out here that the Jewish inclination is to help. And yes, there are halachas that we have to follow, but the idea here, and this is what the Torah is highlighting for us with, this, with, with these halachas, with these mishpatim halachas that seem to be nitty-gritty, seem to be low, lowly things, is that a Jew has to know how to think. A Jew has to think about the halacha, yes, of course, but his inclination has to be to help, to draw, try to help somebody, even if this is somebody who I've considered to be an enemy. So I just want to give you one other idea from the Sarshalm of Bells. So Shalmah Bells asks a question. He says, we know Chazal tell us that Hashem keeps all 613 mitzvahs. So he wants to know, how does Hashem keep this mitzvah of helping to load and unload a donkey? So he says like this, this is what Hashem says to us. It's a a beautiful idea and it's something that we have to keep in mind. It's a a lesson that we have to keep in mind. He says, Hashem says to the Jewish people, just like we saw from the Mishnah in in Bab Mitziah that you can obligate your enemy to help you with loading and unloading the donkey. But in order to do that, what do you have to do? You have to get involved. You have to roll up your own sleeves. So Hashem says to the Jewish people, you can obligate me to help you. Hashem says this to every Jew. Just as the owner of the donkey can make even his enemy help him, so long as he's willing to roll up his sleeves and work together, how much more so can you force me, your loving father, to help help you? All you need to do is what the the Medrash tells us in Shir Hashirim. The Medrash tells us that Amr Kadish Baruch Hu Banai, Hashem says to the Jewish people, Banai, my children, Pishuli Pesach Echad Shel Tshuva. Open up a small opening of Tshuva, tshuva for me, Kachudeshal Machat, like the eye hole of a needle. Vani Pesachim, and I will open up doorways where wagons and trolleys can go through and as also we have in the gemara yuma the gemara and yuma says if somebody wants to become tame, if somebody wants to do improper things they help him they open for him if somebody wants to be purified they help him also the the who says i am the owner of the donkey uh, you're the owner of the donkey, right? We're, we have to be responsible. As Rabbi Sachs mentioned, we have to be responsible for our own actions. But Hashem says, all you have to do is a little bit. All you have to do is be willing to show me that you're going to help and then I become obligated to help you. We can force HaKadosh Baruch Hu to help us with whatever we're going through, with our fights, with our Yetzirah, with our fa- with our problems, with, with, with anything in the home, with parnasa, with anything that we have. Hashem says, just show me that you're, you're doing your part. If you sit by, then I can't enable you right? And and, and and Hashem says like Rabbi Lichtenstein's instinct, I'm not going to pay so much attention to whether you're deserving or not deserving. Our, the inclination is to help. But you have to show me that you're willing to do it yourself. I can't enable you to just sit back and do nothing. But the minute you're showing me that you have put some effort in, I'm going to do the whole thing for you. I'm going to take care of everything. And how do we do that? Like we start off with, via hafta I'm uh, sorry, well, I forgot what the Pusik was. Uh, I love my master. We say es Hashem. I love Hashem. Everything that I do, even the things that seem to be unrelated to Hashem, I love Hashem with everything I do. So we start off by saying, why would we go from Yisroel with its momentous events and tremendous inspiration to Mishpatim with these lowly topics? The answer is that the Torah is showing us that there are no parts of life that do not have the potential to bring us complete elevation. Love of Hashem and Hashem being a part of our life is constant, no matter how low something seems. We always have the ability to love Hashem and use that seemingly low moment to elevate us as if we were standing in Har Sinai. Every moment, slavery confronting an enemy enemy presents an opportunity to bring us right to Harsinai. Have an awesome and uplifting Shabbos.